I'm Danielle Nelson. And I'm Lily Rogers. And you're listening to the first episode of <laughs> It's a Shame. <laughs> this is a podcast that we have been talking about doing for years, yes, right? It's been years in the making. Like when did we, it was like 2015? Yeah, I think my earliest notes are from later in 2015, yes. Okay, so <laughs> I'm not going to be ashamed about the fact that I procrastinate. I'm just going to be honest <laughs> with you about it. Yeah, and that it just takes time to, you know, really mature an idea. Yeah, and also just to sit your ass down in front of a microphone and make it happen. Which is what we're doing right now. So, yay. (laughs) Um, Thanks for finding us. Thanks for listening. So, uh, just a little bit about the podcast. So, in essence, we are best friends who have had many a late night conversation, Mm -hmm. sometimes involving alcohol, sometimes not. But let's be honest, (laughs) more times than not. Um, and you know, we start talking about things, we open up, we get vulnerable and, um, started really sharing things with each other that, well, for me, a lot of it was stuff I'd never said or told anyone before. Yeah, same. And then we started to realize almost a catharsis after that of how much lighter we felt about those things and how they didn't seem as big of a deal once we could kind of share them with somebody else. Who either had similar experience or, you know, if it wasn't, like, the same, like, physical experience, just, like, the emotional state of it, um, it just became, like, oh, this stuff isn't as scary as we thought it was. Definitely. And I feel like it brought us closer in a way that there was something about saying things that I was really scared and I hadn't said or told anyone because I didn't know what the reaction would be. And so to have someone on the other side of the conversation who was, like, I've totally done that, or I've been there, or that must have been scary, or, you know, just giving me, like, a really good empathic response, I felt safer, you know, not only in my own skin a little bit, but also with you, so yeah, we want other people to have this experience. Yeah, and I think that, like, sort of the wider of an audience you can have for, you know, some of these topics, I think that people can really start to, um, like, connect with each other over them because I think that even societally there are just things that we don't talk about and we don't say and that aren't shown. So, you know, like, some of those things that just get, like, buttoned up in society too, I think it's an important thing to, like, give light to them and say, like, they only have power over us because, you know, like... We're stuck in this shame bubble and shame yeah. spiral. Absolutely. Preach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like taking control over it, though. And like, yeah. you know, but like in a really community focused way of like, yeah, let's share this stuff. Yeah. As Brene Brown, who I henceforth will be calling Mother Brene, <laughs> as Mother Brene, you know, really writes about, talks about, I mean, shame just thrives in secrecy. It's, it's mm-hmm. the complete nature of shame, right? That... It's completely, it's fear-based. I mean, shame isn't of itself, you know, a fear, as she says, of disconnection, you know? So we want to destroy that. Yeah. We want to talk about it. And we don't know what this is going to look like. Um, Some of the conversations, I'm sure, are going to be hard. Some are going to kick our ass. Some are going to be amazing and empowering. But... (laughs) fuck it, let's try it, man. (laughs) You know, and maybe even some of these episodes will cause us shame. You never know. (laughs) But we're here to try it. I totally foresee that coming. (laughs) I am, yeah. We'll see how that goes. Um, I'm going to be upping my own therapy sessions. Yeah. So um, a little bit about Lily and I. Um, Mm -hmm. So 
We live in San Diego. Yes. Um, I'm originally from New Orleans. I work here in San Diego as a therapist. I specialize in women's health. Yes, and I'm originally from Oregon. I've lived in San Diego for about 13 years now. Um, I am a writer and an editor. I work in marketing. Um, so I basically try to get people to buy things that they don't necessarily need or want. So, you know, that's shameful in and of itself. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think that, let's see, we became friends. Ooh. 2000, I moved to San Diego 2010. Okay. And then we met and it was like one of those things where we had mutual like mutual friends, mm-hmm. mutual, but then we, it was like, we'd see each other at a party here or there. And then like, eventually it just, one of those things happened where one of those nights we were at the same place at the same time mm-hmm. having a conversation. I remember you were wearing like a Dolly Parton, um, like vintage concert t-shirt that I still own. Yeah. It's so <laughs> rad. Well, it like opened up the gates cause I was just like, can we talk about two doors down and also nine to five and all of the hits? Um, mm-hmm. And it, yeah, it was a great conversation and it led to uh, that kind of thing. Sometimes you have with people where like it starts out kind of surface level, like that's a rad shirt and fast forward an hour later. And I remember we like, we were at a bar and I remember we stepped outside mm-hmm. to get air because we wound up talking so deeply about things that were so just kind of unexpectedly present for both of us mm-hmm. in the room. We are, it was just like this, yeah, we just both opened up. Yeah, and I think that it's kind of magical when you have those moments in friendship where you're just like, oh, this is something that has potential to be something a lot deeper and a lot richer than originally you might have thought. And, you know, I always say this, like, I'm a really difficult person to get to know because I'm very reserved and I'm a little bit shy. I'm not great at small talk, so it's not easy for me to, like, get into those, like, well, easy patterns with people where it's just, like, you feel, like, relaxed and freer. Um, There's lots of trust issues there, which we'll be going over in many future episodes, (laughs) but (laughs) I think that uh, once that kind of broke, it was a a really turning point for, for me. Yeah. 100%. I feel like I don't, yeah, it's funny because I feel like I always, my whole thing is like, I'm an extrovert who's like a secret introvert. Mm. So like when I'm in the mood and the moment strikes me, like I just want to talk and meet people. Like people are what drive me. Like I'm curious about motivation and what makes people do what they do and not in a judgmental way at all. Just, I'm so curious about people. And so I think it's why I do what I do. And so sometimes that can come across as I'm kind of extroverted because I like want to know and I want to talk and I want to engage. But then when I don't want to, I don't want to, (laughs) and I'm done and I just need to like be alone and, you know, quiet for a little while. So we share a lot of those tendencies, like, you know, mm. our communication style. Um, but, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think for me, too, though, like, I will have moments where sort of I, I have a background in journalism. So, like, my journalist hat will come on and I'll just, like, basically interview style people. Because yeah. there is that curiosity there, too. But I love that about you. But I also have that sort of, like, reserved thing, too, where I always feel a little bit guilty for, like, taking up people's time. Or, like, I shame. wouldn't want people. Yeah. Shame. <laughs> All the shame. I'm like, I wouldn't want, you know, to, like, have be having to talk this much. Sorry. Background noise might be my cat. 
Yeah, we're in a cat house. We're doing this in Lily's house um, today because I have dogs and Lily has cats. And we figured the dogs would probably be louder than the cats. Yes, but the cats like to, you know, insert themselves. So there might be a little bit of cat noise from time to time. Cat breaks. (laughs) Cat breaks. Cat break. Um, Yeah, so all of this to say, um, so, oh, speaking of conversation and having conversation, the thing, once we started talking about this podcast to people, this question kept coming up, shame versus guilt, right? Oh, right, right. yes. What's the difference between shame and guilt? So I actually just got that question the other night. It's it's funny because, like, first of all, everybody wants to talk about shame. That's one thing we've kind of observed in um, talking about the podcast People have stories. People are like, oh, my gosh, please tell me when it's going to happen. I want to listen. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think we're all carrying around a lot of shit. We just want to set down. Yes. And we're looking for any opportunity to do that. For sure. So getting back to the point I was trying to make, Mother Brene points out beautifully that um, shame versus guilt. So shame is a focus on self and guilt is a focus on the behavior. Um, I feel guilty or bad that I did this would be guilt versus I feel guilty or bad that I am this way mm-hmm. would be shame. Um, I was talking to Lily about it, the, the concept of it, and it made me think of something sometimes with my clients that I use is when suddenly you're carrying something around and maybe you don't even realize that you've been carrying it. It's like wearing a coat, right? Like, so something happens to you and you kind of start building shame around it. And if you can visualize in that moment, you put on this, like, shitty, too tight, stinky mildew coat that is horrible. And <laughs> you're wearing, horrible. Yeah, and you're wearing it because you feel like you have to. And you're like, well, I am this now. This yeah. is me. I, I want everybody to take those coats off, yeah. man. Like, you don't have to own or wear any of that. Well, because the longer you wear it, too, like, it's just going to start to stink even more and then, like, infest your actual body and, like, take over your physical health. Like, yeah, you're probably going to get a rash at the very <laughs> least if you're, like, straight up wearing a too tight, mildewed coat. Yeah. So, time to take the coat off, y'all. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's time. It's beyond time. Yeah. So, that is uh, something that people have asked about. So... Shame versus guilt. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing about the podcast um, that we get a lot of questions about is kind of what is it going to be? Well, yeah. you guys are going to dictate that almost, I think, as much as we will. Yeah, for sure. One but, of the, no, go, go ahead. <laughs> one of the things that we um, have been talking about is, um, again, we tell people about it. They get excited. They start bringing up things that they would like to talk about. Mm-hmm. And we hope to incorporate guests. Yes. Yes. We really want guests. Because I think that, you know, while, and yeah, we should say caveat-wise, like, although Danielle is a mental health professional, I certainly am not. And this isn't really meant to be advice-based. It's much more meant to be just conversational and sharing-based. So, you know. 100%. But through that, like, this is going to be a lot of our own lived experiences. But we do want to learn, too. Because I think that's another thing that's happened through our conversations together is that we learn from each other and learn from each other's experiences. And, you know, we just want to keep, like, widening that net and and hearing other people stories and so I think guests will be a really pivotal part of that yeah 
And I'm really glad you brought that up. Yes, I am a mental health professional, but I am not billing you for this time. Um, <laughs> and the reason I'm not is because sometimes I will be enjoying a glass of wine or a cocktail. Oh, yes. By the way, we should cheers. Cheers. Because we are currently having some very sweaty rosé. It's really hot today. It's hot. So we're having it on ice. And because Lily's a genius, I noticed um, when we were doing our little test audio that the ice was making a ton of noise. So she was like, straws. <laughs> Like, genius. Yes, so we're drinking rosé on ice out of straws. Yes, so this is not intended to be any kind of um, mental health advice or anything like that. We're just, again, therapist hat is off, sometimes occupational hazard, I'll throw some stuff out. But for the most part, I'm looking at this as I'm sitting across the table from my best friend and we're having a conversation that I want as many people as possible to be a part of. Mm Mm-hmm. So we can take off that damn coat. Yes, that coat needs to go. Stinking up the joint. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, one of the things we really hope will happen is that you will get engaged. So if there are things that you've been wanting to get off your chest Mm. or talk about, we've created a couple different venues for you to do that. Yeah. There's a form on our website, shamepod.com. You can always email us, Mm -hmm. shamepod at gmail.com. Yeah, social media. Yeah, I social mean, media. Tweet at us, at ShamePod. Slide into our DMs confidently, not with shame. <laughs> yeah. Don't shamefully slide into our DMs. <laughs> yeah, get those DMs going. Um, yeah, we want to hear from you and uh, kind of know what you think mm-hmm. about this. And also, yeah, this is a process. We're going to do it together. And, of course, you know, if you want to stay anonymous, that will always be a top priority. Um, you know, if you feel comfortable sharing who you are, um, that's good too, but we will always keep your anonymity protected. 100%. Because, you know, shame, I think is also a process and letting go of it isn't just as easy as taking off the coat. It is really a a mental, uh, sort of gear up toward the ability to do that. Yeah. It's like stages, right? Like you don't just like tell, yeah, that's a really good point. It's, It's not like I've in the past personally, I still carry shame about certain things. I'm getting better about it. And with time, I continue to get better about it. But I mean, there are still those things that I'm still working on feeling totally free from. Mm -hmm. You know, I still feel like I'm not completely out from underneath them at this point. Well, and sometimes you free up like one aspect of it by like really facing something that is like causing the wider shame, but you haven't like, you know, gotten through the whole thing you haven't completed the marathon so to speak but you know you've gotten through a good couple of sprints and um you know that's why it's a process yeah which is another thing that it'll be kind of interesting to explore is um kind of where people are in the shame process yeah you know and I have a feeling you and I are going to learn so much about shame Mm -hmm. and and I'm, I can't wait. Honestly. I know. Me I, too. I'm, I'm excited and a little terrified because I feel like it's also going to be like unpacking some, I mean, it will be unpacking things that maybe we didn't even know that we were carrying because, you it's know. It's 100% <laughs> going to be that. Because even though we've had so many amazing conversations and that's how this podcast was born, it's just going to like continue. Yeah. And, and grow and we're going to get I think even deeper yeah and we're going to get triggered I mean right because so many things that people feel shameful about like there's a lot of overlap in those Mm -hmm. topics I mean we've each 
got our own bag of shame we carry. You and I have some overlap. Yeah, you know? we do. And, we really do. And I think that, you know, what's going to happen, hopefully, is people will start opening up and, and trusting us with their stories. Mm-hmm. And we can kind of talk about it and try to destigmatize it and yeah. unravel, you know, at its base, what is shameful about this and why are we made to feel shameful? Mm. Um, just prediction. Uh, we're going to rail against the patriarchy. Oh, that's going to happen oh, a lot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, while this podcast is for everybody, I mean, there's going to be a strong feminist bent naturally because we are both staunch feminists. Yeah. And, um, you know, of course, surrounding, like, women's issues. Uh, yeah. Female-identified issues. Yes. Like... you know, I think it'll just naturally swing that way a little bit. Yeah. And I feel like, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I feel like I, there's a part of me that feels like I know some things that are headed our way. You know what I mean? Like there are certain topics that I feel like uh, we're going to get some of this. Yeah. But what is really interesting to me is the idea of, um, listeners who identify as male and having them write in their stories because I I don't know a ton about male shame. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, women, I, not only I am a woman, I have friends that are women, but, you know, a lot of the people I work with are women in my job. So male shame is a whole different thing. Yeah, I mean, certainly, and it's an it's a area that I'm especially not that well-versed in considering I'm married to a woman, and I just don't have that uh, <laughs> conversational insight uh, in that realm very much. Um, I'm married to a man and I have no insight. (laughs) I don't know that it, I feel like, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, this is a good uh, point to bring up too, that uh, how the podcast will be structured is that from here forward, every episode will be a particular topic, a specific topic surrounding shame. And I think that some episodes you and I are really going to have a lot to say. And Mm -hmm. then some episodes we're going to have a lot to listen and learn from. So there will just be certain topics that, you know, we obviously want to cover, but that we might not have personal experience with. Yeah. And so our hope is that we can try to get guests on who either have experienced something that they want to talk about Or, you know, maybe even down the road, if we find a topic and we find someone who we think from whatever life experience, professional experience, whatever that they have, they might be able to bring something valuable to the conversation, Mm -hmm. try to enlist them in the conversation as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I think that, um, you know, it'll be probably a lot like from our friends um, in the beginning too, because, you know, we, we have a really good close circle of friends uh, who also, you know, we have these types of conversations with a lot. And Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, they're, they have some incredible stories and interesting things to share. And it's, you know, a very sort of like spectrum of types of people and lifestyles. And, um, but yeah, but beyond that, we really, we really want to grow a community too and start hearing from listeners and yeah. We're excited. Mm-hmm. I'm um, excited. So I'm going to put us on the spot. Okay. This is not something we planned. Oh, okay. So I'm going to take a drink. When, remember earlier when you were like, we may even feel shame about this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to suggest right now that we wrap up on the note of talking about just maybe even like a little teaser of a thing you've got a lot of shame about Uh, and that you think is gonna be a common thread or at least something that comes up on the podcast Uh 
since okay. I'm the asshole who posed that question, <laughs> you're gonna start. I'm gonna. I feel like it's only fair. Okay. Okay. Um, here's what's funny. I didn't even mentally prepare, but I have a Rolodex of shame. Mm-hmm. So mentally, I can just pull from any of those files. Um, <laughs> I think. Um, I think something I feel shame about a lot um, is that whole like identity I am thing. I feel sometimes like. I am too much or Mm. I am taking up too much space. And that translates, though, into I'm loud, I'm annoying, I'm boring, I'm faking it. And people can tell. Yeah, just all of this. And I don't know what happens. Sometimes, like, I can carry it and Mm. be okay with it. And then other times it completely turns inward. Mm. And I just start, like, beating myself up even for taking up base like hmm. yeah that's really interesting because yeah I it's funny because I was just going to say the exact opposite because I already touched on it a little bit like you know throughout this but I have t- tons of shame about being too reserved and too quiet and like and feeling like that makes me boring and uninteresting oh, and like God. I don't have anything to say and like is that true or am I just like okay cat cat noise cat break her name's Fiona. That was Fiona. Yeah, she's jumping Fee. on the table. Um, but it's so funny because I would hear you say, like, you know, you're having the opposite problem, but it almost manifests the same way. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, it's kind of crazy because sometimes, and it's always like when I notice that I'm relaxed mm. and having a good time mm-hmm. and I'm not aware of myself, it's like, oh, there's a cue for my brain for me to get in my own way again um. and not have a good time. And it's like this pattern. Sometimes I feel like if I'm, like, out socially and I feel kind of like I'm on a roll or, like, I start to feel confident, mm-hmm. it's like this one-two punch, right, where, like, I'm feeling myself. And then all of a sudden I'm like, you just said the dumbest fucking thing. Mm. Or, like, that's when, like, the slew of the, my own head, like, my mind shit-talking starts. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, that's, yeah, something that we talk about a lot. And I think that you and I don't, I mean we don't really know how to deal with that like in our own head stuff where yeah. it's just like we're kind of our own worst enemies and like and the thing is like when you are relaxed and comfortable and having a good time like you're like everybody is so like happy and joyous because it's very infectious but it's so funny that like when people are like getting enjoyment from you you're like turning inward and feeling the opposite and you know what just occurred to me I mean I know this like I know it on a guttural level, but I forget it, is the bullshit part of all of that. Is yeah. I'm writing a narrative for somebody else that may not exist. Yeah, well, you tell me all the time what other people think of me is none of my business. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, also. Oh, I can dish it, but I can't take it, Lily. <laughs> I can't take it. No, but I know we just need to listen to, like, those types of advice more often because it's it's so true. Yeah, like, who cares? Yeah. To, if you're feeling good, who yeah, cares? I know, and that's the whole thing is, like, I, like, project this weird narrative onto people around me where I'm like oh they feel this way or they must be thinking that and number one who the fuck cares yeah and number two who the fuck cares yeah you know like if I'm having like you say if I'm having a good time if you're having a good time mm-hmm. that's what matters well and especially because you know if it's your friends like obviously they love and care about you right. and if it's strangers seriously who the fuck cares <laughs> you know like you don't have to try to keep people around who are assholes so it's true it's like well I don't really need to impress this person it's true and I hate that like 
whatever and wherever that is coming from, that kind of like desire that I feel like I will be working on until my dying day, like which is that need to somehow please people Mm. or validate people or feel validated by other people. Yeah. I guess it's been, I mean, part of it I think is just being human. Yeah. But the other part is like, it's some bullshit. It is some bullshit. I mean, I don't have that as strongly. And I think it's because of like my social anxiety and the fact that like, I've just kind of created that little safety cocoon around myself. And I think part of that has been like, caring less about like having to entertain people or be like I hate being the center of attention and part yeah. of that is just also just shirking responsibility for like driving a social scenario yeah. you know and it's just like I don't want to do that and I'm not going to take it on and so you know if that person doesn't like me I'll go home and read and be by myself and be perfectly happy and that's fine yeah we've talked about this before like in our friendship like Lily just like we're we're kind of um yin and yang and that like Lily will let go like Mm -hmm. like when you're done psychologically or or you're just not there you're like no like you will just completely let go of the wheel Mm -hmm. and my instinct is always oh god somebody might let go of the wheel so I'm already driving in my mind (laughs) yeah control freak yeah and um like somebody's got to drive yeah someone has to drive the car (laughs) and we had this moment that was really funny and super telling about not only our friendship but I think about you and 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 kind of like what kind of emotional labor it can be for you to take the wheel Mm. one time we were in a lift and I was having a particularly bad uh day I don't remember the exact context I might have been getting a migraine who knows and I just remember Lily like earnestly trying in the front seat to engage in conversation with the Lyft driver. Which, if you ever see that happen, is one of the most awkward things you will witness. Because I am not good at small talk. And there was, like, a tension. Like, there was, like, it was quiet. And there was, like, a weird vibe in the car. And you were trying so earnestly to be like, hey, I don't usually wear this role. But I'm going to, like, break the tension and talk to the Lyft driver and it was just, it, I loved it. I loved watching you awkwardly attempt it, but mm-hmm. they're not my forte. But the reason I loved it the most was like, A, you were outside of your comfort zone and I got to see you kind of like be like, all right, shit has hit the fan. Mm-hmm. I'm not comfortable doing this, but it's what the situation calls for. I'm going to do some conversation to make everybody else comfortable and it worked because I found myself laughing to myself like oh. Lily is suffering right now <laughs> she's so bad at this <laughs> no you were actually really good at it I was it was kind of amazing uh, yeah it's funny because like at times like that I just it's not like I black out but I'm like kind of outside of myself because I'm so uncomfortable that I'm really not very present so yeah. a lot of the time You're I like disassociate like I don't really know what I'm saying you know like that time that I was having a conversation with Jamie's mother and I was just kind of uncomfortable not because like she Jamie's Jamie, my husband yes, Jamie's Daniel's husband um and his mother is a lovely woman but uh we were also at this like party that was kind of like it was a little fancy. It was a little bougie, and I didn't know anyone, and I was just kind of like not in my best mode, and just feeling really uncomfortable. And like, so Danielle was sitting next to me on the couch, and her mother-in-law was on the other <laughs> side of me. Poor Lily. And I was having this long conversation, 
with Jamie's mom. And, but I really did that thing where I just sort of like floated outside of my body. And then I realized like some of the stuff that I was saying was just not true. So I turned yeah. to Danielle and just kind of like frantically and desperately was like, I'm completely lying right now. And I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there were harmless lies, but it was just like certain like things about preferences that I have. And I was like, I don't like that thing. What am I talking about? <laughs> she turns to me like completely panicked. I mean, and by the way, like we're all like enough like drinks deep that like it doesn't doesn't matter yeah. but again that lens you turn on yourself is mm. it doesn't matter it's there all the time so I just like remember you turning to me frantically and being like I can't talk anymore I can't do this conversation I think I'm lying <laughs> I'm lying to your mother-in-law and I'm like it's fine she loves it and then like I'm like going back to my conversation but yeah yeah it um yeah it's crazy like what being in in something that's not your comfort zone will bring out Yeah, and, like, I mean, there are times where, like, that sort of stuff just exhausts me so much that I really, you know, the introvert, I have to, like, be by myself for, like, a while after that. Or else I start to get, like, testy. Yeah. I'll notice when, like, I'm in need of alone time where I'm just, like, I can get very, like, I'm usually pretty patient, but my patience just is, like, nope. It's gone. It's, like, you're done when you're done. Yeah. And yeah. You, yeah, it's like once you're done, it's like, and it's off, mm-hmm. like no more. But then I also, you know, to bring it back to shame, I, I, I feel shame about that a lot where I feel selfish for needing mm-hmm. to take that time, mm-hmm. especially having, you know, a partner and a, a wife and sometimes just being like, I really need like a full day of not talking and just like reading a book by myself and like, and you're stressing me out, like, I just, yeah. you know, but, like, that doesn't feel okay. Yeah, it feels like, you have to hit reset, though, yeah. you know, and that's what works for but you. But it just feels like you're just being so selfish and decadent or whatever, or like, mm. you know, so fragile, like, I'm just, like, this, you know, like, princessy person who needs, who like... That, though? I don't know. You did. <laughs> you made that up. You put that rule on yourself. I mean, it's, it's not that it hasn't been said before, but mm. I, you know, it's not... It's not how my wife feels. I know that. So yeah, yeah. It's but it's like I say that because it's like it's the bullshit constraints we put on ourselves, yeah, right? Totally. Again, that narrative, the asshole in my head who's like this, yeah. that, or the other. And sometimes when I kind of zoom out and try to examine it, kind of more objectively, I'm just like, I made that up. Yeah, like I put that constraint on myself, like. No yeah. one else was saying that. I either wrote the narrative in my head for them that they were saying that, yeah. or I just self-imposed it. Yeah, but I mean, I think that sometimes, too, I mean, and this will go into um, a whole different realm, which we could definitely, will definitely save. I think that, uh, you know, we've all experienced, like, toxic people in our lives, and there are certain toxic people who will reinforce all of your shame. Oh, 100%. And, and so then, like, there was a person who tell it who told you that one yeah. time or like told it to you repeatedly yeah. and like, and then you took their voice on and started to use God. it like 100%. You know? And it's crazy how like the bad stuff is just like super glue. It's you know, crazy. It, it just does not go away. I know. And never, and the good stuff it, never sticks. Never sticks. It's and like it's, Teflon. It's one, yes. 
100%. Like, and it's never more apparent to me than when I wake up at 3 a.m. in the middle of, like, existential dread. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, like, all of the things. Like, the thing that that person said in third grade that one time offended me is suddenly, like, crystal clear. And, like, it's there on replay. It's, like, I call it, like, the greatest hits. Like, my, my, like, shame greatest hits or whatever. Like, they're playing at 3 Mm -hmm. a.m. But, yeah, it's, like, why does that stuff stick? And yet... I mean, I'd be hard-pressed to tell you, like, when was... If you were to ask me, like, when was the last time someone paid you a compliment that, like, affected your mood? Hmm. I would have to think. Yeah. But if you were to be, like, when was the last time someone said something that, like, hurt your feelings or that, like, offended you or made you feel... I would be, like, oh, which time? Mm -hmm. Today? Or... You know (laughs) what I mean? It's, like... Because it's so fresh. It just sticks. Yeah. And I think... That's the other thing, too, is that uh, shame makes you feel like a fragile person, mm-hmm. whereas, like, you know, when you're kind of more on the good ends of things or the compliment end of things, they're easy to, like, brush off because I think they don't get, they don't bite you to the core like, yeah. like something that's cutting or hurtful does. Yeah. It's just there's not the same level of emotional impact. Although I wish that there could be. I wish that, like, you could spend some time thinking about, like, that person complimented me. I get to accept it. But not only that, I get to kind of revel in it a little bit. Like, I am looking great today. Yes. (laughs) Or whatever. And, like, the operative, I think, I think, like, the, yeah, do you believe it? Right. I think is the thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, do you believe it? Like, when someone says something negative and it sticks with you. Whether or not you believe it consciously and you're able to say, I don't believe that, it's bullshit, on some level, there's some part of you that, like, kind of does. Kind of does. Yeah. And it's like, that's silly. But then the other thing is, you know, with the compliment thing, it's like, I wish it stuck a little bit better, but yeah. there's part of me, it drives my husband crazy, but um, I've gotten in this pattern of when I, I've I've always been very anxious with anything complimentary at all. Mm. It may I love to give compliments. Like mm. I am the woman. Oh, you're very good at it. I love it. If I see a woman, especially wearing something um, that I just love, mm. or somebody taking a risk, mm-hmm. ooh, I love it, and mm-hmm. I want to tell them so desperately. Like <laughs> I I am that person who's gonna weirdly stop you and be like that handbag is amazing. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I'm going to be like, I love your hair. Like, I just, I love to pay compliments, but it makes me so physically uncomfortable that I would be like, I would either like start to try to be like, no, stop. So Mm -hmm. I started doing this thing where when my husband compliments me or when someone compliments me, I always say, that's nice of you to say. And it drives Jamie bonkers (laughs) because he's like... He feels like you don't believe this. Yeah. And his response is, it's nice of you to be. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's not, I'm not just saying something. Like, I'm making, like. Yeah. I'm making a comment about how I perceive you to be. And it's a truthful situation. Yeah, this is true And I'm not just lip servicing. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, because for me, it's just like, it seems like a lot to take on. But. Yeah. Yeah, that's something I got to work on. Yeah, I mean, I think it's funny, though, that because I've seen you pay compliments to women and it's, like, magical and so good um, because you, like, don't do it unless you're genuine and it, yeah. it comes across very much that way. But also, yeah, like, applauding people who take certain risks and, and I always find that interesting. I kind of call it the, like, um, bathroom line syndrome. Do okay. you know what I mean? Okay. Where... Some of the best compliments you'll ever get are from other women standing in line yes. in the bar bathroom. Yes. 
yes, or yes, a restaurant yes. bathroom yeah. or any bathroom. Yeah. And like, you know, when like you're just kind of all stuck there and you're able to like kind of look at each other because you know you all have one thing in common which is like we gotta pee yeah, and we're gonna be standing, we're standing here. here but you all kind of get to assess each other in a way that like doesn't seem catty like you would if like you were like ironing her across a restaurant like what's that woman wearing you know you're just you're standing yeah. in front of them so like yeah. here you are so it's the best time and also you're in proximity and it's not weird because it's like let's break the silence with something yeah and oftentimes than not it's a compliment about yeah. like your shoes your makeup something like you're rocking and i'm yeah. like it's always the best time for compliments. There's a vulnerability, too, I think, yeah. about being in a bathroom line with other women. Like, yeah. you're in a, a shared, like, small space. Yeah, we're about right? to hear each other pee. Yeah, you're about to hear. <laughs> and you have to. Like, you have to go or you wouldn't be in the line. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's motivation to keep you there. Mm-hmm. You're in this small space. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of looking at each other. Mm-hmm. You're all kind of in a shared vulnerability thing. You're a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I love that idea of that's that's like a... That's a place where compliments are born. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But I think you're right, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. No, I think it's true. <laughs> bathroom, I mean, here's here's a chance, folks, throwing it out to you. Um, bathroom line theory. Have you, have you gotten compliments in the bathroom line? Or? Yeah, paid compliments in the bathroom line. Am I crazy or is this actually a thing? <laughs> I, I feel, feel like, like it's it a is. thing. I feel sometimes like I am completely unsure of my outfit and I'm like, I start doing that thing I do. And then I will walk out of the stall and I'm like checking my shit in the mirror mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and doing the whole like, how badly has my mascara run yeah. under my eyes? Because why <laughs> even with waterproof <laughs> mascara, does it still run? Um, <sighs> and then someone says to me, like, I like your jacket. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, thanks. Yeah. You know, like it kind of breaks the me versus me thing that's happening in the mirror. Totally. Yeah. And also, like, it just kind of, it gives you a little boost, you know, because I think that, especially in, you know, like, a out-on-the-town scenario, like, you don't always feel like, I don't know, that you're, like, the best out there, especially as we age. We don't feel like we're, like, a hot woman in the room or whatever. (laughs) Oh, there will be many conversations about aging. I mean, we live in Southern (laughs) California, people. Yeah. Like, there is a whole... And I'm the palest person you will ever see, and I live in Southern California. (laughs) You know, and it's just so crazy because there's something really, like, um, there's so much value added to youth here Mm -hmm. I mean it really and it's such a normalized thing to to take measures to uh become or feel more youthful Mm -hmm. and I am in no way shaming anyone who does anything to make themselves feel better Mm -hmm. like honey whatever gets you through the night girl like I mean honestly if you're not harming yourself physically or anybody else yeah yeah you good to go but there's this external pressure on everyone, though, and yeah. it's real. It's palpable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, the whole comparing thing, like, yeah. you know, I think that that's going to be – I've thought about this a lot, actually. I think that that's going to be something really interesting moving forward about, like – because I think that a lot of people will start getting cosmetic things done. But it's, like, you'll be able – I wonder, like, it'll be just a class thing at that point. Yeah. It'll be, like, you can tell, like – Pretty affordable, said the woman who's been <laughs> researching it pretty regularly lately. <laughs> it's those fillers that'll get you uh-huh. very expensive. My yeah. goodness. But yeah, I mean, um, but you're right though. I think it it is kind of a class thing, right? Like mm-hmm. at a certain point, like you get to a place where, you know, there are certain people who are affording the fillers and the nip and the tuck and the mm-hmm. whatever, and you know, and then there are the people who aspirationally 
maybe want it but can't afford it. Yep. That's an interesting, I like that idea. That's something. There's a lot there to unpack. There is a lot there to unpack. It's funny because now we're like kind of on like financial shame, which oof, we'll talk a lot about oh, that. God. Uh, oh, God. Physical shame. We'll talk a lot about that. Yeah. Aging and just like all the things that come with that. That's going to be, you know. Yeah, we have a lot coming at you. We have so much. <laughs> Thank you for writing out the first episode with us. It's yeah. it the, the first and probably the only episode where we're going in without a topic. Yeah. We just wanted to kind of freestyle it because, again, we've been talking about this literally for years. Yep. And the goal was let's just get in front of a microphone and... Bang it out. And bang it out. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I don't know how many... Um, 1,192 seconds are, but <laughs> I didn't set a timer on my phone, so I have oh, no idea how long, how long we've, been, we've talking. been talking. You could be like, and I'm so terrible with math, you could be like, it's been 15 minutes, and I'd be like, <laughs> seems logical, or you could be like, it's been an hour and 45 minutes, and I'd be like, that seems right. So, yeah, yeah who knows? Uh-huh. Uh, but the goal for a podcast moving forward is about 45 minutes, mm-hmm. and we'll have a topic next time. Yes, and do we want to tease the topic? Yeah, let's tease the topic. Okay. So we're going way back into childhood because I feel like that's where all of our shame begins. And um that's where it all begins. Yeah, right. And discussing uh kind of the first thing we remember feeling shame over. Yeah. And I still fait with mine all the time. What about you? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can't still wait to hear there. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, thanks for tuning in again, yep. shamepod.com, uh, yeah. at shamepod, On social media. Um, thanks for listening and, uh, be good to yourself. Yeah. And share your shame. Share your shame. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.